Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 116. We are discussing the Players' Championship on the PGA Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have Golf Betting System's redundant European Tour expert, Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Redundant, eh? Yeah, well, good morning, Steve. How are you doing? I'm all right. What are you doing in your redundancy <laughs> period? Because well, clearly there's no Just... European Tour golf now for the next... Well, Potentially, well, yeah, we'll, two, we'll, we'll potentially two months. We'll see. The Indian Open's still um, still on the schedule right now, as of Tuesday morning for next week. So, although yeah, you were saying that they won't, they won't let certain countries into the certain uh, nationalities in. No, no, no. If you've got a um, Italian visa, you're not allowed to uh, enter okay. India. So that's half the field gone then. Yeah. So no Italians in the field if they do play next week. But yeah, we'll have to keep close to it. It's um, the the whole schedule's been properly decimated at the moment, isn't it? If they don't play next week in uh, India, then uh, the next scheduled event yeah. on the uh, European Tour proper is Valderrama at the back end of April. And, uh, well, Spain's uh, starting to be hit as well by this uh, coronavirus, as is most of uh, Europe, isn't it? So um, well, we shall wait and see. It's... Um, Unprecedented start of times, Mr. Bamford. Our friends the other side of the Atlantic are starting to get hit by it as well, aren't they? Mm. I think they were kind of yeah. looking over at Europe and the rest of the world kind of laughing, but now all of a sudden they're cancelling major tennis tournaments after all the players have turned out in California. Yeah, it's mm. uh, it's starting to impact lots of stuff, so we're going to have to keep very close to it, because clearly it's, uh, if it starts to impact the PGA Tour as well, then it's going to... Uh... It is well, it is very worrying with the Masters four weeks yep. away. Yep, 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 yep. Masters. Well, obviously, we've got Cheltenham starting today over here in the UK, which is going ahead Huge, yeah. uh, with crowds in attendance as well. But Quarter um, million over four days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have to keep close to it, Steve. It's going to, it's going to be an interesting um, and maybe frustrating time over the next... Uh, Next few months, it is, um, from a sporting perspective, in terms of golf and betting, yeah, in terms of sports, full stop. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Please subscribe to the podcast and drive the popularity of the show. I know that you guys are actively doing that. Thank you very much. Uh, we had record downloads last week, which was great to see for the uh, Arnold, uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Qatar Masters. Naturally available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Paul is available on Twitter at Golf Betting. Let's drive him towards 10,000. Hey, Paul. Getting closer. Getting closer. Getting closer. 8,600 or thereabouts last time I looked. Going well. I'm at Bamford Golf. Um, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I recorded that earlier this morning. I will put a link in the description box to that. I'm getting, I'm really enjoying the golf betting shows at the moment, but they're getting longer and longer because I just keep wittering away. <laughs> um, I noticed 37 minutes this morning and an unscripted. Yeah, you know, uh, people screaming at you, Steve. Oh, can't you just can't summarize you, your Oh, can't these, these shows need to be a minute long? Yeah. Oh, I only get a spare minute in the day to listen. Just tell me who you're tipping. I don't want all the flannel around it. 
Please take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, stroke iTunes. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. I was begging for reviews last week and I got them. Well, I got, well in fact, I got three, but I like to ration them out over a period of time, Paul. Okay. So we got a Podbean review. So a review left on our Podbean channel. Oh, very good. Is that the first one? That is the first one, but it also gets fed through to iTunes, so you can do that. So it goes towards our iTunes rating. Um, it's from Dave Green, and he's uh, Dave Green 57, and he basically says, Magnificent show. Best I heard. The guys are so knowledgeable and super tips and clued up. Good luck, buddies. So, Dave, very nice. thank you very much for the time you've taken to leave us a review on Podbean. That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, we have others. I will read them at the start of the uh, future shows. Right. Now, I did plan, and I've completely forgotten, to replay your Matt Every first-round leader tip from last week's podcast. Because <laughs> as you were actually... Talking about the Matt Every tip last week, if you know a lot, most of these podcasts now they actually film the podcast and it goes up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you'd have been watching me as you were talking about your Matt Every 175 to one first round leader bet that came in, um, I was just kind of I had my head in my hands, so <laughs> I was chuntering for God's sake, Paul. Leave it alone. How can you constantly throw money into the pit of Matt Every first round leader? And the thing I found highly amusing about it was that Matt Every was in completely the wrong side of the draw. Now, if you look at Thursday from last week, um, the I had five tips, and most of them decided they weren't going to play before the they actually hit a shot. That's fine. Got my stake back on JB Holmes. And then I had a split then of two and two. Two in the morning wave, the winner, uh, Tyrrell Hatton, and two in the afternoon wave, Abraham Anser and our friend Bubba Watson, who, for the record on the podcast, I will never tip ever again in a technical scoring event where the wind's blowing because he's absolutely rubbish. You know, that hence why he never plays well at a US Open. And it was a US Open type event, wasn't it, effectively? Yeah, 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 very reminiscent. So, so I'm not, I'm not binning Bubba into my bin of never tipping ever again. You know, with Paul Casey and the rest, he's there. He's he's there to be picked, but I have to be a far more um, up, up to speed about where we use him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So World Golf Championship, couple of weeks time, Paul, put him up. He's still putting unbelievably well, Bubba. Unbelievably yeah, yeah, yeah. well. I think he was the top fifteen again. Straight. Anyway, I'm, I digress. So Matt Every was in the side of the draw that played three shots on average harder than the morning. And he goes and pips Rory McIlroy for first round leader with a seven under, 65. Can you believe that? It was an incredible round, wasn't it? I, Mate. It's funny, you look at these things and I'd already placed my Matt Every bet um, before it became clear that the first or the, the Thursday was going to be far easier in the morning than it was in the afternoon so when the tea times came out and um we looked at them and it was well 
you know, did you? I mean, you said to me, did you place that uh, yeah. Matt every bet? And the uh, the other ones are mentioned on the podcast. Well, well, yeah, but oh, they're they're, they're, I said to you, they're, they're dead in the water pool. Dead. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. He's on the wrong side of the draw, and you're like, oh well, what can you do? And you go, yeah. that Bamford, he, he thinks he knows it all. <laughs> and but, and the yeah. bloke just the bloke just steams in, mate. He putted incredibly, particularly on his back nine, he putted incredibly well. And that, that is the thing with Matt Every. He is either extremely good or, most commonly, extremely bad. And I think, what did I say on the pod? Did I say that he is the kind of player who will go and shoot 63-85 and miss the cut? And he shot 65-83 and, and missed the, the cut. cut. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, slightly off in terms of the actual numbers prediction, but the aggregate was right. Um, and... Uh, yeah, obliged at 175 to 1, which was a very, very nice start to the week, I must say. I'm looking back at his record, Paul. Now, this was 2017, and we picked him up a couple of times 2017, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, June 2017, St. Jude Classic, uh, 64, first round leader. Uh, two weeks later, played the Travellers. Uh, he was sixth in round one. Uh, in July, Canadian Open, which I believe was Glen Abbey. First round leader. Uh, two weeks later, went to the Wyndham Championship, and this is where I snared him. I think 150 to 1. 200 to 1. 200 to 1, was he? Guess mm. what? First round leader. Yep. So, listeners, Paul, mental notes, all of us, it's likely to happen again. Yep. It's likely to happen on Bermuda grass, although the Canadian Open was played on bent grass and a mix with Poana. So, not necessarily all bent grass. Uh, sorry, Bermuda grass, but with Matt Every, it's gonna it's gonna potentially happen again. It's almost coming across as an auto bet, Paul. He does, you know. You've talked about win equity um, quite a bit over the last few weeks, and there's first round leader mm. win equity in certain players who always start or seemingly always start quickly and uh, you look at the likes of JB Holmes the likes of um, yeah. Rafa Cabrera Bello the, the likes of uh, Kiradek Afi, Afi Barnrat these are the kind of players that you never it never surprises you when you see them at the top of the leaderboard after the first oh, round day one yeah. and um, you know there's there's different ways to look at it and yeah I, every last week was a punt wasn't it you know given how he'd been playing recently his previous round was 85 so you looked at that. If you'd have combined that with the uh, the poor draw that he got, then uh, you'd have left him alone. But even last year, Matt Every was playing some god awful stuff, and I'm talking here Corn Ferry and PGA. Even last year, 2019, Matt Every, he was fifth in the first after the first round in um, Bogota, Colombia. He was third at the uh, AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am. He was fifth the week. This was all in three consecutive outings. Fifth at the Suncoast Classic after day one. Uh, he then waited a couple of months. Uh, Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail Championship on the Corn Ferry, third. And Byron Nelson Championship on the main tour, fourth. And he was playing awful. Mm. Uh, he actually finished second for that Byron Nelson the whole of the tournament, which I do kind of remember. That was the one that Sun Kang won. But yes, this is it. I think Matt Every now, first round leader, is um, it's just go, isn't it? It's like Thunderbirds are go. If, if, if there's, you know, certain things add up with it, then um, and you're always going to get a decent price because his first round leader odds are going to be a, you know, they're going to be calculated based on his outright odds. And you look this week, I think he's 750 to one to win the tournament and 300 to one first round leader, which 
again, is the right kind of number if you're looking at it proportionally, but his first round leader equity is probably far, far better than that. Yeah. Um, Have you had a pun? A, uh, no, I, I haven't. Each way places they offering on the first round leader markets this week? Uh, you can get up to seven. You can get seven. Week. Okay. You can, yeah, yeah. Typically five, but there are a couple of bookies gone six, and there's okay. two or three of them. So seven, we'll, we'll so. make a pact on the podcast that Matt, Matt Every over the next couple of months, you know, it's not going to be every week, and there's going to be periods where um, he does absolutely nothing, but we're going to be on him at, at relevant courses, yes? Shorter courses, blah blah blah. Okay, right. Yeah, Bermuda, as you said, is uh, one of those uh, one of those attributes that are well worth looking at with him. But uh, as well as Matt, as well as Every, um, you picked up the winner last week, Tyrrell Hatton, which was a fantastic yeah, fifty to one effort. And I had a, I had a nice chunk on him, didn't I? A one and a half yep. points. So that's a, that's a, that's a real um, P and L profit booster. Mm. Much much Very much nice much needed. Bit. Thank you. So all in all, we had the first round leader and the overall tournament winner on the PGA Tour. Yep, not bad. That was, that was, that's, that's a big breakthrough for Tyrrell to to win on the PGA. Tour. Well, I would, I've got a discussion point here, Paul, on my notepad. Discuss the difference between Tyrrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood when in contention. Well, I think what you see with two t- consecutive Tommy- tournaments, two consecutive weeks. Yeah. Tommy Fleetwood in the lead, Tyrrell Hatton in the lead. Discuss. I mean, it, it wasn't wasn't straightforward. It wasn't a straightforward tournament, was it? It wasn't going to be. Players. It couldn't be, could it? No. I mean, the, you know, it, as it, as it got progressively firmer, faster, and windier, and tougher, it was it was just a war of attrition, wasn't it? In the end, what, four players finish under par in the end, I think. Yes. Um, and that back nine from Tyrrell, I mean. <sighs> Yeah, well, Chow, he went in the water. What was it? It's on the eleventh, um, wasn't it? Twelfth, so, I think. Yeah, double. Yeah, double the twelfth or eleventh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was, it was around there. And, you know, and he looked at that and he thought, well, that could be the end of his not, not the end of his tournament, but that could be the end of his real chance to win this golf tournament because he could start to wobble at that point. Doubles, reality hits yeah. home. Bogey, bogey. You know, all of a sudden, we're four over through three holes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you got the likes of Leishman who was playing well alongside him, and Sung J M who just won the week before. Even Sung Kang, who I'd put up at that um, for the tournament at hundred and fifties, he wasn't a million miles away at that point. Uh, Rory, you know, he, ne- he needed a strong back nine, didn't he, Rory? Yeah. Um, but the difference, going back to your point, the difference between Tyrrell and Tommy is that Tyrrell has that ability to convert. He has that, I don't know, that, that ruthless streak, I guess, that allows him to win these golf tournaments. And um, you know, there were a few hairy moments coming home. The, um, again, which I, I think it was the 13th where he hit it deep into the rough on the right-hand side and played a, an incredible shot over the water to, uh, to, mm. to land on the green and make his par. And again, from you know, having made a double of the previous or a couple of holes back, um, you know that's the the whole tournament could have been there to lose. Um, yet he took the shot on, made made the shot, fantastic effort, and uh, parred his way in. And the last two holes were super impressive as well. To you know, fairways, greens, um, make your par, get yourself out, and uh, jobs are good. But yes, very, very impressed with Tyrrell Hatton. And uh, as you said, I think, you know, part of your rationale last week was when Tyrrell's found that bit of form, um, yep. he is quite apt to go bang, bang 
and you know he can win two tournaments on the trot. He can he can contend in one. He can convert the week after. He's proven that before in his uh, yeah. He does it on the career. European tour, doesn't he? Yeah. You can see Absolutely. that. You can see that pattern, and that's a lot of this with golf betting. It's patterns of how players work. Yeah. Some players, you yeah. see, they get a top ten, they disappear for a couple of weeks. They cannot string results together. Who knows why that is? Um, and then others can string two, three, four, five weeks together consecutively. You know, and you look at you look at Rory again going into the he was still a couple of shots behind going into the final day. Mm-hmm. He was the favourite to win the golf tournament despite being a couple of shots behind. Yep. Yet he finishes fifth again. I think that's three consecutive fifth place finishes. He's, he's recorded now, and um, so his price is never going to drop. His price is always going to be in that kind of bracket right. where he's borderline unbackable, and, and you expect him to finish in that those top positions. And he, you know, he he adds another. Small chunk of OWGR points to his tally for finishing fifth, but he's not winning golf tournaments either. He's not, you know, he's not Tiger Woods in his prime and absolutely smashing tournament after tournament. It's um, it's hyper consistent, but it's not ruthless, is it? It's not Tiger, but then there was only ever one Tiger, and probably only ever will be. Mm. And people get frustrated, but you're getting Tiger-like prices on Rory without the win equity. Yeah. 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 Five to one, six to one, seven to one each week. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have this perennial. You know, do I? Is it, is it all eggs in one basket? Each way shot to nothing, or be a, be a little bit more? Um, you know, uh, I don't know. Adventurous and try and pick up these winners, and the winners are out there. The winners are out there to be had if you can uh, you can get the rationale. So, so again, congratulations on Till. That was a super super pick last week. Very good indeed. What did you thank you? What did you make of Qatar? <laughs> a little frustrating, I guess, from a betting perspective. Um, three of the guys I backed made it through to the weekend: Zanotti, Val- um, Valley and uh, Brandon Stone. But they all kind of trod water, particularly on the final day, because um, they were all in a position where, had they shot a six or seven under on the final day, they'd have been um, they'd have been right in the uh, right in the mix. Um, but none of them could actually muster that. One of those typical European tour events where it's the the lead's like a hot potato coming down the stretch and no one really wants it. Mm. Um, Campillo was a couple clear at one point and he's making bogeys. Drysdale was there all the way through. Um, to be fair, once they'd got over that and got into the playoff, the playoff was incredible. I think they were playing the 18th. The 18th was a tough old hole. It was 513 yards, something like 520. Um and they both made birdie on the first playoff hole. They both made birdie on the second playoff hole. And don't forget, this is Drysdale going for his first um, win on the European Tour for you know, however many years. Um, you know, obviously described as a as one of these you know, journeyman types who's uh, clearly clearly produced a lot of decent results over the years, but uh, never managed to get over the line. And he didn't do anything wrong. You know. It, it, Jorge Campillo was just making bombs in the playoffs when he thirty first to to keep it ticking over and um, eventually grounding down. And, but if you get, you look at the incoming form for those two, I mean Campillo was miscut, miscut sixty seven, miscut. Drysdale was 50, 55, 58, miscut, miscut. One hundred twenty five to one, three hundred fifty to one, and with no course form to go on, um, just eyeballing their current form. Um, they would have been incredibly difficult to, to pluck out. The only thing you could say with Campillo 
was that you had finished second at Doha the year before. So if you were kind of using some local um, performance logic and could ignore the current form, then you might have plucked out Campillo, but you'd have done extremely well to get Drysdale into your, into your team last week at 350s. So ra- random yeah. sin, really. Random, really. Just totally random. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 in, in truth, I wasn't close to either of those guys, so um, one for the... Uh, one for the uh, to, you know to resign to the to the notebook in terms of what happened, but uh, but yeah, it's um, not really close really. But yeah, good event, lovely flat, you know, cracking playoff, really interesting playoff. So a uh, bit of entertainment to uh, to wet the whistle before the final round of the API last last week. Do you want to quickly mention our Betfred Players Championship competition that we've got yeah, running? Yeah. Yeah, so, it's it's, uh, it's only for UK residents. Is that am I right in saying that for a start? You, well, you need you, to, to claim the um, to claim the prize. You need to have a Betfred account. So um, you need to be in a jurisdiction that allows um, Betfred uh, yeah. to or allows you to, to open a Betfred or have a Betfred account to claim the fifty pound um, free bet prize. Yeah, and this is this is one we've been running for. I think this is the eighth consecutive year we've been running with Betfred. So uh, so thanks to those guys. Yeah, for, thank you, Betfred. Um, their continued support with this competition, and it's always really really popular. And obviously, we, we're going to TPC Sawgrass, so the whole theme of the competition is around how many balls will go in the water in total over the course of the four days at the 17th hole at TPC Sawgrass. Clearly, it's always one of those um, interesting sidelines to the tournament and they'll have a little holes in uh, balls in water ticker that will tell us how many are going along at various points during the during the tournament. And the, the PGA Tour do a, a summary each night to tell us who, who managed to find the drink and who didn't. Um, always a bit of fun but yes we want you to guess how many balls are going to go into the water over the course of the four days and as a tie break we want to know what the cumulative score to par for the par- for the 17th will be over the course of the week so if you think it's going to play exactly to par then that would be zero if it's going to play under par over the course of the week you might you know minus 10 minus 20 if you think it's going to play particularly tough and then we've seen years where it's played cumulative to par in three figures. We've seen it, you know, hundred over par for the course of the, of the four days. So it can vary wildly, as can the number of balls in the water. You know, some years, some years you're into the twenties, some years it's 60, 70, 80 even balls in the water over the course of the four days. So um, you need to take into account the conditions. You need to take into account the uh, wind direction and speed. Lots of different. Uh, Variables to throw into the port. Either that, or just have a, just have a punt, just have a complete guess, and see where you uh, see where you get to. The details for how to enter mm. are on the Steve's preview in the uh, on, on the website. And basically, you can email us, you can tweet us, you can um, fill your details or your entry in on the Facebook group. There's a dedicated thread on there, and uh, see if you can get close to getting the uh, correct answer. Have you had an entry so far? I haven't yet. I tend to leave mine a little bit later um, because I want to see what the conditions are going to be like. I want to try and work out what the um, wind direction is going to, how it's going to impact. We can can second guess where the the whole positions are going to be over the course of the four days. So depending which way the direction or which direction the wind's coming from for the four days kind of determines how difficult that hole may play. 
So I tend to leave it a little bit later. Um, not that it matters because I'm not going to claim the prize should I win it anyway. So no. it'll go to someone else. But uh, I do like to try and get it set as close as I possibly can. We can talk yeah, about great, great we can talk fun. about weather conditions in a short while. Actually, mm. I think it's going to be a different tournament to the last two that we've seen, which have been yep. absolute brutes, haven't they? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it looks a little bit calmer, doesn't it? Okay. Players' Championship. Then um, I won't say the fifth major because clearly it's not. Um, <laughs> another laughable statement from the PGA Tour. That one. <laughs> I think they regret saying that. Um, what it is, though, it's a loaded tournament. You actually look at it, top 50 in the world. I think there's only Tiger Woods, bad back. Shugo Imahira, making his money in Japan somewhere and probably can't trail. And Lee Westwood at the Cheltenham Festival, hitting ridiculously priced accumulators every day, oh, yeah, like he yeah, always yeah, yeah. does. I'd yeah, love to be standing yeah. next to Lee Westwood when he plays those places, those accumulators. And just, well, just have a them. peek at his betting slip, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, With his VIP account at Bet365. Yeah, yeah. Have, a, have a look through his Twitter feed later and you'll probably see him nailing another 20 grand five-time here. So we're effectively seeing this week 47 pool of the world's top 50 in attendance yeah. at yeah. Ponson yeah, in, uh, in northeast Florida. Um, you can get the depth of the field when you look at the alternatives. Alternates, I always find guys that can't get in the field and are on the shortlist. This week we've got Brendan Steele, Harry Heggs, and Maverick McNeely. Can't even get in the tournament. Yeah. And those guys have been playing very good golf of late. They're they're not in. They're just standing yeah. there keeping loose on the. Yeah, it tells you a story, doesn't it? It's a, it's a fantastic tournament. Um, I don't want to get too happy in the course because you know pretty much everyone knows it unless you're you completely new to golf betting. But it's it, to me it's the most controllable golf course on the planet. Uh, we'll go into a little bit of detail. What I want to do first of all though, Paul, is go through the top ten of this week's predictor model. Yeah. Uh, we're finding more and more people using our predictor. It's completely free of charge. I've put a link in the description of the podcast to it. If not, just type in, I don't know, Golf Predictor or PGA Tour Predictor into Google or a search engine of yours, you'll find us. Um, you can use it free of charge. There's some excellent variables in there this week. Who plays well on a firm golf course? You know, these are rolling stats over the last five years. Um, who plays well on Pete Dye Designs? It's a Pete Dye golf course. Those kind of that kind of information all available on the predictor. Um, bookmaker of the week. Um, we've already mentioned this isn't, by the way, listeners. This isn't. Um, this literally, this is based on, on what we're seeing this morning. Um, it's Bet Fred. Um, they've got a bet ten pounds and get thirty pounds in free bets plus thirty free spins. New account offer available at Golf Betting System. Um, that is uh, in. Over and above what you would get if you went directly, which is bet 10 and get 30 without the free spin. So if you want to sign up to Betfred, and we mention them pretty much every couple of weeks now on the podcast because their odds are outstanding, um, and they're also giving away additional each-way places, which lots of bookmakers don't, um, they're just a great uh, golf golf bookmaker right now. Um, they're outstanding this week on price. got to say, McElroy at 7, these are all market-leading prices right now. As we're recording this early Tuesday morning in the United Kingdom, uh, seven to one on Macaron, uh, twenty-eight to one on Patrick Cantlay and Sung Jm. Their best price thirty to one on Xander and Webb, previous winner. Their thirty-threes on Adam Scott, 
35s on Ricky Fowler and Patrick Reed. Some of these prices, Paul. It's, it, these oh, are these yeah. are interesting times in golf. I tell you, Brooks Kepka at forty to one. Can't remember last time. Tyrrell Hatton at forty fives. These are all best price with Betfred. Fifty to one with Gary Woodland and Colin Morikawa. Fifty fives on Kuchar, previous winner. Sixty to one on Paul Casey, Tony Finau. Sixty six to one, just Justin Rose. That's the price on Rose is mad, isn't it? When have you seen sixty six to one on Justin Rose? So I can't recall, mate. It must be going way back twenty, mm-hmm. you know, twenty ten, twenty. I don't know, two thousand. Who knows? It's a long time ago. That shows you the state of the guy's game. He has thrown the Honda clubs into the bin, though, hasn't he? He has indeed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're, na- they're now apparently in discussions about the severance package. But it's like, well, you can't, even though they're giving you so many million yen, billion yen probably, um, million um, million dollars and sterling, you can't throw away your golfing career on the basis that all of a sudden you're a ball striking machine that then can't hear, hit a fairway or a green for love nor money anymore. It'll be interesting to see with Justin Rose how quickly he can get back back into the ball striking monster that he was because not that it will be available on anti post markets right now, but you might be able to get a really good price on him at Augusta. Yeah, yeah, you, you wouldn't imagine that he's going to stay in the doldrums forever because he's, he's that good a player, isn't he? Mm. And uh, it's just going back to his re- refinding his core strengths and, uh, and getting his game back. Yeah, at the moment, the prices are incredible that you're getting around. You won't be surprised to hear, well, you know anyway, but you won't be surprised to hear that I was on him the year that Sergio beat him in the playoff. Yeah. Was it playoff? No, he beat him in regulation, but it's virtually a head-to-head, wasn't it? Um, we've got Betfred also, leading price. Jason Day, 70-1. to 1. Abraham Anser, 80-1. to 1. Henrik Stenson, 80-1. to 1. Mm-hmm. Louis Oosthausen, they're just all over it like a rash. Oh, yeah, Jordan Speed, 90-1. to 1. So yeah, bet Fred, bet ten, get thirty pounds in free bets plus thirty free spins at Golf Betting System. Just type Golf Betting System or Golf Betting Tips into Google or your search engine. You'll find us, and you can sign up to that enhanced offer. Key terms available on the website. Top ten of the predictor model. So this is what I pulled together yesterday to help with my research. Ten, Tommy Fleetwood, twenty-five to one with Unibet, seven place each way. Nine is Benny Ann, 90 to 1 with Betfred, 7 places each way, all 50 odds. Eight, Justin Thomas, 16 to 1 with Unibet, 7 places each way. Seven, the Florida golf monster who is Sung Jaim, 28 to 1 with Betfred, 7 places each way. Still a bit of juice in that, really, but mm. you're seeing him now on a par with Patrick Cantley and Dustin Johnson. Wow. You wouldn't have thought that a few uh, weeks ago. Six, Daniel Berger, 70 to 1 with Lad Brooks. Five, Bryson DeChambeau, the scientist, twenty-two to one with Coral, seven place each way. Four, this is a this is a big price, big 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 price for a man that's in the top forward predictor. Harris English, hundred and seventy-five to one with Bet three six five. They are six places each way this week, a full quarter odds. Yep. Yeah, Harris is interesting, isn't he? Because he's been playing some nice stuff. Um, his record here is abysmal, isn't it? Which is probably explains the price, but yeah, yeah, it always an interesting one. Three, Ricky, thirty-five to one with Betfred, seven place each way. Two, Webb, thirty to one with Betfred, seven place each way. Number one, 
Robert Gamez. No, not Robert Gamez. <laughs> Rory McIlroy. He was, I think he was like minus 30 strokes gained last week, Robert Gamez. How he's got the cheek to uh, keep playing that tournament at Arnold Palmer, I do not know. Anyway, Rory McIlroy, 7-1 to one with Betfred, 7 place each way. So McIlroy, Simpson, Fowler, top three. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go into the detail and I start talking endlessly for 15 minutes, what do you make of the players in terms of the course? What do you think it favours? Because do you know what? I think, personally, I think it, it sets out exactly what it wants to... The, the, the kind of mantra of the tournament is. The best player on the week wins the tournament. Yeah, I think so. And I think there are, there are a variety of different ways you can get around the track. And the overriding note that I have every single year is you must have a short game. Yeah. You've got to have a short game. You've got to be scrambling well. Um, because otherwise you're just making far, far too many bogeys. Yeah. Um, there are players that can get around the course by you know metronomic tee to green performance. Um, but if they're making bogey every time they miss a green, then they're still unlikely to, to win the golf tournament. And uh, I, if I if I overlook that, if I if I don't take that advice for myself from the notes that I've made historically when I get to this tournament, then inevitably I pick the wrong players. You're so um, right. You're, yeah. you're so right. And don't don't you find that scrambling, um, and you know you can classify it as strokes going around the green. I'm still very debatable about strokes going around the green. It has to be said, mm. because strokes going around the green is um, it's it's all about people that effectively chip in all the time. Scrambling, of course, up and down. Um, so, yeah, I, you have to have a short game round, and it's so underrated. I maximise scrambling, full throttle, 10 out of 10, on the predictor model this week. Yeah, yeah. No, and I can see why. It's, it's absolutely critical, I think. Because, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy course, particularly when the conditions are tougher, which it has been for the last couple of years, you mentioned a minute ago. And it's not going to be um, quite as tough this year, but that... All that, all that is likely to do is mean that the winning score is going to be perhaps a little bit lower than it has been over the last couple of years, into the teens, I expect. Um, so you're still going to need to make birdies, but you've still got to keep your card clean. You've still got to maximise those opportunities to retain your par. And I want someone who's shown significant form with their short game over the last few weeks to, to justify inclusion in my, in my team for this week. If I maximise the throttle on our predictor model for scrambling, mm-hmm. now, right, you're, you're far more into the detail. This is a rolling number over what period of time? Yeah, it's rolling over six months um, across all of the tours where we have uh, statistics. So okay. Predominantly the PGA Tour and the European Tour, but the, um, the Asian Tours and the top Sunshine 10, Tours as well. Top 10 for scrambling. Bud Cawley, 10. Daniel Berger, 9. Bryson DeChambeau, 8. Abraham Anser, seven. Benny Ann, six. Doesn't surprise you. Kevin Nahr, five. Doesn't surprise you. Adam Schenk, four. Lanto Griffin, three. Doesn't surprise you. Brendan Todd, certainly doesn't surprise you, two. Number one, it won't surprise you, Paul. Webb Simpson. Mm. Yeah, and Players that can get one. up and down serious amounts of time. Yeah. And that's a six-month rolling number across all the main yeah. tours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of names in there, and again, you know, you can just eyeball the 
their recent performances and their recent skills skill sets or skill stats over the last uh, few months and uh, it justifies those those rankings you just read through and I think you know that as a starting point for this week that's mm, no bad thing. there's a there's a variety of different elements you're going to need to build into it to, to get to the eventual winner I think but um, it's scrambling a, yeah. is going to be key I think you're I think you're so spawn just to back that up as I always do on the previews and I mention in the podcast each week Top 10, uh, sorry, last 10 years, if you look at traditional stats for the winners here, and you take all of their key statistics and where they were ranked in that field that week, average it all through. Driving distance, 29th. Driving accuracy, 27th. That's quite high for driving accuracy. Sometimes it can be in the 40s. Greens in regulation, 15th. That's quite low. Proximity to hole, 32nd. And then we get scrambling, 12th. Putting average twelfth, short game. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be on it on and around the greens. I think that is the simple fact. And you've got to avoid the trouble. You know, it's it's an all round test. It is an all round test, but you you're going to to need to be minimising those mistakes. Do you think this is also because it's such a non-district golf course where? Every kind of... Pl- I mean, last year was laughable, mate. Rory McIlroy was first. Jim Furyk was runner-up. I mean, that's just like North Pole, South Pole. Steady Jim, yeah. And that yeah. just that, that, that says everything about the stadium course at TPC Sawgrass. Yeah. It's absolutely... In, 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 a, in a nutshell, it doesn't suit a single no. particular type of player. And Brandt, get this, Brandt Schnedeker was first for greens in regulation that week. It's just craziness. He's never first for greens in regulation ever. If he'd have parted well, he'd have actually he'd have won torn, it. The field to, <laughs> torn the field to pieces. If you look at it from a strokes game perspective, so I'm taking 16, 17, 18, and 19, I'm doing exactly the same process, where they were ranked in the field for each facet of their game. Strokes gained off the T 16th, strokes gained on approach 24th. Now, I'm hearing a load of information out there on Twitter and on my, saying that strokes gained approach is the most ve- important variable here. Well, not according to this. Strokes gained off the T16th, approach 24th. Strokes gained around the green 10th. Yeah, got ya. Strokes gained T to green 6th. So what it's actually saying is that if you're hitting the ball nice and straight, doesn't have to be long off the tee, and you've got a fantastic game when you're missing the greens, that yeah. that strokes gained T to green metrics very strong. 6th overall, strokes gained putting. So if you're reliant on a hot putter from like ridiculous distances, twenty third. Yeah. Yeah, it tells the story, doesn't it? It's this is it as well. Honda Classic, the numbers were very like that for PJ National a few weeks ago. Last week when we were doing the same exercise, it wasn't about tee to green, it was about putting, wasn't it? Extreme strokes game putting. Then this week we reverted back to PJ National Honda Classic. Tee to green important, putting not so much. Yeah, and I think if you look at the, the winners of this or the players, you know, you, the, the likes of Robert Allenby have done well here over, over the years. And, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's not quite down there with Boo in terms of his parting performance, oh, but he's not, not not a million miles ahead of him in terms of no. um, his, his parting averages and uh, abilities. So, uh, so, yeah, not all about paying this. That's for sure. If you actually look at the way that, and um, if you look at the way that Webb Simpson won this a couple of years ago, yeah. Webb's he's steady, isn't he? He's a steady yeah. player. Uh, he was 
uh, negative on approach. He actually lost. He lost on approach for the whole week. Yeah, but around the green, he was ranked third for stroke gain around the green, and he was absolutely lights out on putting. He was virtually yeah. lapping the field with the putter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's, to me, it's a par seventy-two. It's sub seven thousand two hundred yards. Uh, the the number that really grabbed my attention out of everything that I wrote about the course, apart from the fact it is the most controllable golf course on the PGA Tour, they can do whatever they want with it. Um, it's been very dry in Florida this part. Whether they let it dry out as much as the last two tournaments, I don't really think so. Um, the wind looks like it's down this week, so I reckon 15, 16 under will win this because that's temp- pretty much the score they're looking for, yeah? Yep, yep. So this isn't going to be a technical British Open type of grind or a US Open kind of grind. Uh, the number that gets me about this golf course, 14 of the whole 18 holes have water hazards. Mm. So, yep. guy, so guys that are addicted to driver like Bubba Watson, Tony Finau and the like, not interested. You're going to make far too many mistakes. To, yeah, me, and, and, to me, it's patience. It's all about a certain... Patience, isn't it? And Rory had that. And, and strategy, Rory had that yeah. last year. He said it could he could be a little bit aggressive because it was a softer golf course. Um, he also said that um, that favoured him. So he was. But the thing with Rory, when he's in his prime, he's not only long but he's straight. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty. pretty you're not going to beat that, are you? Um, no, long, long and straight beats uh, short and crooked every time. Before I move on, I just want to mention two very important things about this golf course. We are playing the Players' Championship now in March. Um, in recent memory, it used to get played, of course, in May, after yeah. the uh, Masters and after uh, Quail Hollow. Mm-hmm. The golf course is now in March completely different to the ones that we saw in May. Now, these greens this week are Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass, correct? Yeah. But they are over-seeded. Yeah? Over-seeded. So there's a level of grass that comes through the Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass that sits on the top. That level of grass is Poet Trivialis and Velvet Brent grass. Yeah. Which makes sense, doesn't it? You know, it's coming out of the winter um, in, the, in the Northern Hemisphere. So the, the Bermuda will have... Um, it would have sat dormant for a period of time, so they, they need to keep the greens alive, don't they? And they, they overseed it with Ben and, and Poa Triv, as you said. So, so whenever you hear that these are Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass greens, they are not. They are Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass greens, but they are overseeded with Poa Trivialis and Velvet Bent grass. So actually, they're, they're, run, they're not typical Bermuda grainy greens in the slightest. They've got bent grass no. in them. Yeah, yeah, and, and in terms of your interpretation of that, Steve, you think they're going to play more like bent grass than, um, than anything else? There are yeah, courses yeah. on the PGA Tour that use this technique, yeah? That's right. One yeah. of them, one of our favourite tournaments, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Mm. They are, to the word, the same green types. Yeah. So if you're seeing players that putt well or do well in Phoenix, uh, bearing in mind that Webb Simpson won this two years ago and then won the Phoenix Open last month, yeah. yeah, would suggest he likes the greens, and they're very similar greens. There were there were some. There's also other uh, t- t- uh, courses out there. TPC San Antonio, where they played a Valero Texas Open, same kind of greens, and also um, another Texas golf course, the Golf Club of Houston, where they used to play the Shell Houston Open the week before the Masters. Yeah, 
Those greens were the same. But I'll put a, a note in there. When they played the Houston Open in the fall, they weren't overseeded greens. So the last tournament they played there in 2019 weren't have featured the same green types. The ones in no, May, the ones in May did feature the same green types. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's the course. Also on the course, the Bermuda Rough and Fairways have got rye grass and fine fescue within them now. And I noted this. This was from Rory. Um, Jordan Spieth said it, and also Rory McIlroy said this. He said, when you miss the greens, you're not having to contend with that Bermuda grass anymore. You're not having to guess how it's going to come out, whatever. So it lends itself to more aggressive play. Basically, it's easier to chip around these greens now because they are overseeded, again, with ryegrass and fescue, which is a very, if you think about it, it's a very upstate kind of rough. It's normally surrounding bent grass greens, yeah, ryegrass and fescue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it, this golf course now features that. It hasn't got that gnarly aggressive Bermuda where no one knows what the hell's going to happen when they're chipping out the out of the Bermuda. So two, I think, two very important um, bits of data mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. Right. A couple of other stats here before I go into my tips. I am desperately scanning through the winners list of the. T- uh, Players Championship, as we tw- as we speak, I haven't seen anyone since the since the tournament started in 1974 who successfully defended this title. No, nobody. No, and that doesn't bode well for for Rory, who's uh, who's yet to defend as a professional anyway, is he? In terms of his uh, in terms of his career. As I was writing this preview yesterday, and you're now redundant, I said to you, Paul, can you have a dig? Because in my mind, this was the case, and you had a dig, and you couldn't find it either. I said, Paul, can you just verify, has Rory McIlroy ever defended a title in his career? And you yeah. you dug into it, I dug into it, no, he hasn't. No. So so we've got Rory defending the Players' Championship, a tournament that's never been successfully defended, and he has never successfully defended a professional title, going back to 2009, when he won his first professional title in Dubai. Yeah. Doesn't, seven to one doesn't shout seven to one all in on Rory, does it? No. Right. No. Okay. Trends are there to be broken, but yeah, what what can we do? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Another thing I want to bring to the party. I've gone back, and I did this last year. I, I went back to see when this tournament was played in March. What kind of things did we see from the winners? And there's all kind of weird winners. How Sun. Um, Craig Perks, he won here as a, as a rookie, never played the course in 02. Um, then you've got some really class players like um, Tiger Woods, D- uh, Davis Love the Third, Adam Scott, although I think it was his first ever win, Adam Scott, I might be wrong. He was one of his first ones. Right, okay, listen to this. Hal Sutton, he'd finished 29th at Bay Hill, 7th at Honda. Tiger Woods, he'd won at Bay Hill the week before. Craig Perks, 56th, 65th, uh, Bay Hill and Honda. Two, um, 2003, Davis Love the third. He finished second at Honda two weeks before. Adam Scott had finished third at Bay Hill the week before. Fred Funk had finished 23rd at Bay Hill the week before. Stephen Ames had finished seventh at the Honda Classic two weeks before. Rory McIlroy last year, so we jump from 06 to 2019, first players that they went back to marching. He finished seventh, yep. sixth at Bay Hill the week before. So that, to me, is shouting... Big, loud, and proud. 
you want to be backing players who have played in Florida over the past two weeks. And I look at last year's top three or four finishers behind Rory. Jim Furyk had finished ninth at the Honda Classic. Um, Your old mate, Johnny Vegas, he'd finished 23rd at the um, Honda Classic and 16th the week before Bay Hill. Yeah? Tommy Fleetwood had finished third at Bay Hill the week before. Yeah, it's a little bit of um, Florida Bermuda. It's it's like a concrete block over the back of the head, isn't it? It's saying you need to be backing players who have played in Florida before they arrive at TPC Sawgrass. Mm. Yeah, can see your logic. There's a lot of love for Dustin Johnson out there, but I didn't see him playing in the last two events in Florida. There you go. Maybe it's price blindness. Yeah, these players getting to... You know, immensely backable prices, aren't they? So. Twenty-eight to one on DJ. I mean, when was the last time we saw that? Mm. At some point, these players are going to come right, aren't they? And it's yeah, can yeah, you yeah, get yeah. on them that week? Are you going yeah, to be early re- enough reward to reward you at a mad yeah, price, aren't exactly. they? If they, if they so I can that. see why people are doing it. I can see why people are back. You know, DJ Brooks, Rose, all of these players. I can see it, but it's not for me. Right, I think we've said just about everything we need to say, really, before I get into my actual um, four players that I've tipped up. Yeah. Anything you want to add? No, no. I'm all good, apart from... And you and I agree on one of them. The other player that I've backed uh, completely flies in the face of your Florida... Um, uh, yeah, well, and so, and so does Eddie Pepperell, didn't he? And he finished third last year. Yeah, and I think yeah, he, yeah. he flew in from Bognor Regis or somewhere. So, um, <laughs> you know, things fly in there. But um, yeah. I've also spotted a mistake in the preview, which I'll be sending to you to amend in a very short while. Because I'm effectively saying that Rory McIlroy finished sixth in Mexico and second in Mexico. That was his form coming into the tournament last year. Yeah, that's good, good going to... Yeah, he went to Mexico <laughs> twice. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. One thing I will say, McElroy 6th and 2nd. Webb Simpson, 21st and 5th. This is immediate form. Siroo Kim, miscut, 22nd. Jason Day, 5th at New Orleans, 23rd at Harpertown. Ricky Fowler, 9th at the World Match Play. Martin Keimer, 18th and 23rd in his previous two. Tiger Woods, 4th, 1st. Matt Kuchar, 13th. KJ Choi, 3rd. It is kind of smacking. Last appearance, yeah, um... I don't want to be seeing poor finishes or missed cuts, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Nice bit of incoming form. And yeah, it's all, an elite, elite yeah. tournament, isn't it? And here an elite you go. field. You can... La- these are strokes gain metrics of the last uh, winner since Keimer. In their outing before. T to Green, 18th. That was Keimer. T to Green, Fowler, 5th. T to Green, Day, 5th. T to Green, this is Siwoo Kim. Won at 500 to 1. He was in the top 18 T to Green, the outing before. Um, Simpson was Tita Green top 20 Rory McIlroy Tita Green top 6 so there's quite a few trends here they have led me to the following four players I am going to go in reverse order in terms of price first one I've tipped up and I can't believe I got him at 200 to 1 and I certainly can't believe I got him at 10 places each way with Paddy Power mm. Paddy Power and Betfair are the only bookmakers this week going 10 places each way 50 odds, so well done to them. They're treating this as a major, so that's really, really yeah, yeah. good. I've gone for Russell Henley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I can see, again, I can see your logic. 
A uh, three-time winner on the pitch. I'm not saying he's going to win, but, you know, I've got 40 to 1 that he finishes in the top 10 there. Mm. That's a big old prize. 2013 Sony Open winner, 2014 Honda Classic winner, 2017 Shell Houston Open winner. So Texas, Florida, Hawaii. That's where he's won his three PGA Tour titles. We're talking about these overseeded putting surfaces, yeah? And we all said, I've already said, Scottsdale, I've already said, Golf Club of Houston. He's finished 16th and 15th in Scottsdale. He's finished 7th, 4th, 5th, 1st, 8th at the Golf Club of Houston would suggest that he can putt on these surfaces, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a big tick in the box there. I noticed a few outings ago at Riviera, you know, you check the leaderboards, and all of a sudden Russell Henley's at the top of the leaderboard at Riviera on Poana. And you just think, that is not that guy's bag at all. Mm. In the end, it all got got a bit too much to him. Big tournament, blah, blah, blah. 17th at Riviera he was. But he was fourth after 54 holes. And his game that week... 11th strokes gained on approach, 4th strokes gained around the green, lovely, and 7th strokes gained tee to green. Then a fortnight ago, on Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens at the Honda Classic in Florida, he finished 8th. Strokes gained on approach first, tee to green, Paul, 2nd. Just got to have him, 200 to 1. Yeah, it's good, good going from a guy that you know can putt extremely well when he's on his game. He's also the kind that does well on sort of tougher golf courses. I mean, that Honda Classic win, he was, I do see a huge correlation between TPC Boston and this golf course. And you just think it through. Rory McIlroy has won at TPC Boston. Webb Simpson has won at TPC Boston. Jason Day has finished second and third at TPC Boston. Ricky Fowler, he has won at TPC Boston. Martin Keimer, seventh TPC Boston. And Tiger Woods, you won't be surprised, he's won at TPC Boston. Yeah. Um, I look at Russell Henley. He was second there in 2014. Yeah, and he's got, he's got like 11th at Augusta. He's third at Eastlake on those those Bermuda grass greens. That's a tough old golf course, Eastlake, in 2017. I think yeah. Henley at 200 to 1. He's, I couldn't believe. I was scanning through the prices, and I thought I was going to find Russell Henley at the ubiquitous 80 to 1. Something around that mark, and I just kept going and going. I'm thinking, have they missed him? Have I missed him? <laughs> kept going to the top. No, two hundred to one. Yep, he's him. Yeah, yeah. There's clearly been a few like-minded people over the last uh, twelve hours or so since your uh, your preview came out. Um, although, again, if you look through, there's still a little bit of two uh, hundreds available um, at various spots. So, uh, so yeah, if uh, if you fancy a bit of Russell Henley at that price, then uh, fill your boots. Where are you at in terms of? Because uh, you said to me pre off off the mic, you're not really you're not devilishly into this this week, are you? There's, there aren't many players you really like the look of. I, I I've struggled. I must say, I do like Henley. I, I've I've got a little bit of Hen, on Henley at um, at uh, the uh, the longer prices, as you said. I I don't know. I, I I tend to want to try and pick out some longer prices, but um, you know, I've looked at the likes of. Um, yeah, you know, Joel Damon's going to be interesting this week, um, but he's you know around the hundred to one. Awful mark. price, awful yeah. price. You know, and he's going to, he's going to be popular because people are going to look at his last two starts, fifth and fifth. Going to look at his last year performance, twelfth, and put the two numbers together and think, well, yeah, that's that's, that's well worth taking on. Um, Johnny Vegas, you mentioned earlier on, he played well last year, and there's been a few sparks with him as well. Um, 
Tom Hoagie was another one and who caught my attention. Yeah, I think I, don't, I think there's, there's there's worse bets out there. Whether he's the kind of player that is going to be able to perform at um, a level like this it remains to be seen. Ryan Moore was another one who caught my eye a little bit last week, um, and he's got some progressive form around here. And again, mm. this course doesn't necessarily suit any type of player, does it? So, and I'm not I'm not sure that his kind of game shortcomings are going to be exposed massively on this particular track. But no, I. I, I did struggle. I mean, those are the kind of players that I suspect I'll be playing um, in DraftKings this week. And with DraftKings, and I'm sure some of you will notice they've put a um, they put a millionaire uh, maker style um, of tournament or contest together this week. So there's a there's a million dollars up for grabs with their main event this week. So I'll be having a, a little tickle on that. But um, yeah, they're, they're the kind of names that I think I'll be including in some of my. Uh, teams a little bit further down this. Jason Duffner was another one. He's a very he's playing good. better stuff. Duffner, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, he's got a very good peak die record and yeah. doesn't mind a bit of firm, uh, windy conditions. Yeah. Not that it's going to be particularly windy this week by by the looks of it. But he's so, playing yeah. a lot better. Duffner under the surface, yeah. six six thousand one hundred on draft. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Duffner. Yeah. Is a very, very, you know, that's not going to go unnoticed. He's going to be highly owned, I'm sure. So one, one um, who was clearly right, banging our face last week was Keith Mitchell, fifth. Yeah, he was second yeah, for strokes yeah. gained off the tee. Uh, he was thirty first strokes gained tee to green, and he had a red hot par. Third for strokes gained putting. But I said to you, you look at Mitchell. I think he's a Sea Island guy. Um, first at the Honda Classic last year, sixth at the Bay at Bay Hill. And then he was, of course, fifth last week again at Bay Hill. He's also got a top 10 at Quail Hollow, which translates quite well from a correlating course perspective. Yeah. I could I could see Keith Mitchell being, because we just know he's a Bermuda grass monster. Mm. He's the kind of guy that might nick a place. Top 10. Yeah, yeah. Or an each way top f- eight, something like that. I mean, I'm seeing I, him I as think, big as 200 yeah. to 1. And, and uh, this is the kind of event where you're going to find in that top top eight, top ten, you're quite likely to find you know two, three, four players um, of three figure prices and above. Oh god, just every to, every trying, single year. Yeah, just trying to pluck them out is mm, going to difficult. be the uh, going to be the going to be the challenge. But uh, yeah, I, there's no one smacking me around the face saying you must back me. So and I think I'm probably going to focus more of my efforts on uh, on DraftKings this week just to uh, see if I can get that winning team and snare the million dollars this week. We shall see. Well, we, in your current state of redundancy, you've got a lot of time to be able to, <laughs> to, to pull your 175 teams together, haven't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to be uh, jumping on the Indian Open just yet. What you'll do is you'll throw away all your winnings from Matt Every last week and you'll put them, give them to DraftKings players. <laughs> Chasing the million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. 66 to one's my next pick. It's not the greatest of prices, but I tell you what, I've seen worse about the guy. And again, he's another one of these, he's a real Marmite character. You either like him or you hate him. I must say, when I've tipped him up before, he's never really delivered for me. But there is something about him. To me, this golf course is about short game, but it's also about excellent consistency and accuracy with your iron plane for 200 yards an hour. And you can see that every year. Somebody that's good consistent say top 70 in the in the PJ Tour stats with their 200 yard and above approaches 
greens in regulation. But also, not only do they hit plenty of greens, but they can hit it relatively close as well from over 200 yards. That seems to be a real consistent look to me. I couldn't get rid of this guy because he's playing well. We know that he's done well in Florida. He's Floridian. He's ex-well top 20. Yeah, he's he's there. I got to, you know, he's shorter price than Abraham Anser and the like, and Henrik Stenson and Louis Ustad and Sergio Garcia. But I thought it was just about backable. I thought we might see something really crazy, like fifty to one. Daniel Berger, sixty-six to one. I mean, this guy's form at the moment. He's he's hot, isn't he? Um, yeah. Ninth at Scottsdale, fifth at Bebel Beach, fourth last time out at PJ National. So there you go, fourth in Florida, PJ National, and his numbers. You know, his tracker numbers that I'm seeing. 11th, so eight weeks, past eight weeks, 11th for a strokes gain approach, 7th tee to green, 14th for putting, and I do like this number, this this strokes gain total number. So effectively, I'm looking, strokes gain past eight weeks across European Tour and Main Tour. Who are the form guys coming into this tournament, strokes gain total? So effectively, strokes gained current form, yeah? He's, yeah. he's fourth in this field. Strokes gain total. Yeah, play, yeah, as you say, playing some, playing some nice. And I'm stuff finding there. him at sixty-six to one. So he was, I think he was like 29th in the betting, and he's fourth strokes gained form. Yes, mentally he can be all over the place. He might disappear. He might miss the cut. He might start with a seventy-eight, then make the cut on the number and finish thirtieth. But he's playing great golf, Daniel Berger. And you actually look at him: two-time winner on the PGA Tour, both on Bermuda grass in Memphis. He just fits. He's he was ninth here, um, I think, four years ago, and he's a he's a decent player when he's in his prime. He's he actually played for the uh, Americans in the Presidents Cup a few years ago. Yeah. He's no mug, but yeah, he is perennially under o- overpriced, Berger, because yeah. yeah. I think he he pops models because his numbers are so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, again, I can see your see, see your logic there, and he was one of the ones that was um, quite prominent up on the All Predictor this week as well, wasn't he? Do you want to talk about my next tip? Because I know that you love him as well, and it's it's it stops re- uh, listeners getting bored to my voice. Yeah, my my, guess... my my Michael Caine impersonation. As someone <laughs> said to me on uh, on Twitter this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, you and I talked about this event at the back end of last week, didn't we? To try and try and get an idea of who we both fancied, and I think we both stumbled across the same guy very very quickly, which is uh, which is Gary Woodland. Yeah. Um. You know, again, you're looking for that strong form coming into it. Twelfth and eighth over his last two weeks, he's got his uh, last two starts. He's got that um, little bit of uh, Florida action that you're looking for as well. And um, yeah, whilst he's not absolutely torn the, you know, in, in, he's, he's not exactly torn the place up when he's been here over the uh, the last uh, few years. He was eleventh back in 2014, thirtieth last year as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if you put it all together with a player who's as capable as Gary Woodland, clearly the you know, major champion Gary Woodland, to find him at fifty to one um, is a uh, is a tasty price. And there's a quote that you mentioned last week um, when talking about Gary on his previous start, which was the Honda, wasn't it? Yeah, he was fifth going into the weekend. I thought I was quids in, mate. Yeah, absolutely. US Open reigning champion in fifth spot. I think he was a shot off the lead or two off the lead. And you just know that golf course is going to be US Open tough all weekend. There was one, there yeah. was one name I wasn't expecting to collapse down the leaderboard. And who was that? Gary Woodland. Yeah. Yeah. But again, and, and, you know, from your 
what you gleaned from how he'd, um, you know, what had actually happened. He had some some particularly bad luck landing in divots over the course of the uh, three holes. Of yeah, three holes in f- three sand divots in five holes in the fairway yeah. naturally, um, yeah. across a five-hole stretch around the turn. And, and, he, that, and that he went double, a- double bogey. And that yeah, was it. Done. You, you, you know, you, you can't you can't account for that. No. You know, even if you're not making the doubles and the, you know, if it's not wrecking your scorecard, it's gonna it's gonna knock your confidence and knock your uh, you know yeah. your approach a little bit because you, you're having some terrible bad luck. Doesn't mean he's playing badly. If he's, he's smashing it in the fairway, it just happens to be a just happens to be a bit unlucky. So no, I, I, I I'm with you. I think uh, Gary Woodland's got a um, got a great chance this week at fifty to one. I think Gary as well. He he isn't Tony Fee now. He won't get to the tee box, get the driver out, and think, oh, you know, balls to it. I'm just going to hit driver anyway and hope for the best. <laughs> Gary will go there if the plays a three wood or a three iron or whatever it is. He'll play that. He'll play that. He's got that patience level. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I think on clubbed down shorter tracks, Gary Woodland's always a play. 12th in Mexico, 8th at the Honda Classic. He finished, didn't he, with a 3 under 67. He, he jumped from 21st on the leaderboard to almost nicking me an each-way payout. And I just know what happens. I'll disappear, leave Gary behind in the rearview mirror because I've tipped him up a few times this season and he'll go and win. Yeah, yeah. At the price on offer, there's no reason to, to ignore him, I don't think. You know, you're looking again at Phoenix form in terms of the correlation with the... Um, with the greens here, and you know, he's won we've there. Seen him. We've, <laughs> seen, we've seen him win in 2018. He's got top tens back to 2011. Um, again, when he was defending the year after, he finished seventh, didn't he? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of different angles and uh, aspects to like about Woodland this week. The one thing I don't, I get heebie-jeebies about with Gary is his scrambling game. Can he get up and down when he's missing greens? Because that's a weakness. And for that week at Pebble Beach, yeah, he was like Seve around the greens that week, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was getting up and down from everywhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sometimes happens. But strokes gained around the green. Yep, you're not finding Gary Woodland towards the top of that statistic. But listen to this. Last couple of outings. Seventh for scrambling last week or two weeks ago at Honda. Fifth for scrambling in Mexico. Yeah. And actually, so far this year, in a category he's always towards the bottom of, he's in the top 40 on the PGA Tour for scrambling. He's 36th. So that yeah, gives me I, some hope that when he does miss greens, he will actually get up and down. I don't think it's a flash in the pan, Steve, because if you go back a little bit further from there, um, the at the century he was eighth for scrambling. I know it's, it's a shorter field. Back at the Zozo Championship, he was fourth for scrambling. Yeah, 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 think, yeah, yeah. You know, He's been clearly working in that aspect of his game with a with a short yeah, game absolutely. coach or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's it's washing through into his performances generally. And you know, I, I said um, right when we were talking about the attributes for this particular course, I want to see someone who's um, been scrambling well and consistent consistently recently. And um, it's you know clearly that's part of his game right now. So uh, yeah, quite happy with fifty to one. One thing I didn't mention when I should have done because I forgot is it if you look at the make if you look at the makeup of winners of this poll, they tend to they tend to be guys that haven't won for a period of time. Mm. Now, 
Take Tiger Woods out of that. He was world number one, and he'd won the week before at Bay Hill. But that's what Tiger Woods used to do. He dominated at three to one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Jason Day had finished... Uh, he'd also won at Bay Hill the year he won this in 2016. But you take those two reigning... They were, they were current world number ones out of the mix. And most of these guys hadn't won for a prolonged period of time. I mean... Rory McIlroy, when he won this last year, hadn't won for 12 months. It was almost 365 days to the to the exact day that he won this, a year later, yeah. after winning at Bay Hill in 718. Mm. Oh, by the way, around strokes gained around the grain last year at the Players' Championship. Gary Woodland was 30th. He was third for strokes gained around the green last year. So that move from Bermuda grass rough to this more north northern state kind of mix, I think that's benefiting Gary. I think he's more accustomed to it because it also it's a bit more West Coast like. It's yeah, what yeah. they get on the West, and we know that Gary in West Coast superb player. So Woodland, he hasn't won since the U.S. Open period of time. If you look at um, my other my other shout at the top of the market, I've, I've really honed in on players that haven't won this year. And Peter goes, Steve, you're, you're bloody mad. What are you doing? <laughs> but to me, a lot of these players who have won so far this year, they'll just come here and they're comfortable. What have they got to worry about? They know that their game's in half-decent nicks. Their focus is Augusta in four weeks' time, not this. Mm. They'll just keep things ticking over. I want someone that's hungry for a victory. Absolutely hungry for a victory. Someone that's playing well enough to win and someone that hasn't won for a period of time. Now, Woodland fits into that mould. Yeah, I like that. But the one that really fits that mould is the scientist, Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. And by God, he's playing great golf right now. Yeah, yeah. impressive last week, particularly over the last uh, last round or two. That was the thing that impressed me the most, you know. Because I th- when I first, uh, I don't know, you know, he, he was in the bad side of the draw. He was two or three over after nine holes. And you think, well, Bryson's missing the gut. Mm. And knowing at that point that you want someone that's done, you know, you don't want people that have missed the cut in their last outing this week. I thought, oh, God, I was really keen on Bryson. And then slowly, just all he did, he steadied the ship. He grinded and just let... He, he didn't improve his scores, but everyone was collapsing around him. And lo and behold, he ended up in fourth spot, was it? Yeah. yeah. And his weekend performance on that US Open tough golf course at Bay Hill, yeah? He, he led the field for scoring across the Saturday and Sunday combined scores. Yeah. yeah. That was impressive. So that, to that me, point. mental note, US Open. Bearing in mind, um, people forget this. He was 14th or 15th as an amateur at Oakmont in the US Open. So he's clearly got, he had the ability to grind when no one knew about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you just think about it. I mean, look, fifth at Riviera, second in Mexico at the WGC, should have won it, but your your guy Reed grabbed you the 50 to 1 win. And then last week he was fourth at Bay Hill. What is there not to like? Yeah, I, that, uh, the shot he played into the 18th on uh, Sunday was uh, kind of epitomised where his game is right now. He's clearly very, very comfortable and confident in how his game's shaping up. And mm. to take the shot on that he did, um, just to, to clear the water by a few feet and to set himself up for a birdie on that incredibely tough finishing hole. Unbelievable. Last week. Yeah, very, very impressive. A fist pump at the end. He knew how... You know, that yeah. Exactly, mate. He's in good shape, isn't he? And let's not forget that DeChambeau has captured six main tour victories in his short career. Mm. 
Five PGA tournaments on one European tour, the Dubai Desert Classic, which is a Rolex series, one of our best events over here, won that. But he's also won some big old tournaments. 2018, that, that really great season for him. He won the Invitational Status event at Memorial, which is loaded. He then went into the FedEx Cup playoffs and he won two weeks on the trot, the Northern Trust at Ridgewood and the Dell Technologies Championship at... TPC Boston. We like TPC Boston winners for the players. And actually, his two outings here, 37th on season uh, in, on and 20th last year. So he's got that top 20 I like as well. That's all you need, someone that's finishing the top 20 around him. I just think he's, he's outstanding, mate. He's 13th in the field for driving accuracy. He's first in the field for strokes gained off the tee. He is the best driver of the golf ball right now on the planet. Bryson, he's better than McElroy. 12 for strokes gain tee to green in my eight-week trackers. And that strokes gain total form over the last eight weeks, sick. Yeah, all very he's all like, he's over it like a, He's over it like a rash, in my opinion. He's, he's long game, as you say, over the last... You know, clearly he's put on there a little bit of extra beef. He's clearly hitting... He's led the field for driving distance over his last two yeah, starts. And he's in the top. Clearly. he's in the top 13 in this field last eight weeks for accuracy as well, Paul. Mm. Long, well, incredibly long and incredibly straight. That'll work anywhere, mate. Yeah, no, his game's coming together. I, I, he should be forming the backbone of a few of my um, DraftKings uh, game or teams this week, I think. By my very rudimentary maths, he hasn't won on the main tour for 14 months. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, Deshambo, the scientist, DEC. I've gone two and a half points each way, 22 to one. I got that with Coral, seven plays each way, a fifth, the odds. And then to recap, Gary Woodland, the two points each way at 50 to 1. Again, with Bet Fred on that one, seven plays each way at 50 odds. I've got Daniel Berger, a point each way at 66 to 1 with Bet Fred again on the seven places. And 200 to 1, 10 places each way, Paddy Power, for Russell Henley. Very good. Any any other DK plays you want to mention potentially? Well, I've, I've backed I've backed one other player oh, outright. I've, I've I've backed um, Gary Woodland as as I said. I think he's got a great chance. The other player that I've backed, which has said it kind of flies in the face of your um, Florida point. I won't uh, worry about that. I said you were your Matt every tip last week was a joke. So. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we never know. Um, uh, Matt Kuchar I've backed fifty five yeah, yeah. to one. He's doing something at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing well, isn't he? I mean, for me, he's a bit like uh, a bit like Patrick Reed. Uh, for me, he's, he's he's one of the more unpopular figures at the moment, and I think in context of how his game is, I think he's overpriced here this week, fifty-five to one. Yeah. He's got three wins in his last thirty-four starts globally, and um, there's that kind of ruthless streak about him now. You know, historically, we used to look at Kucha and we'd see, you know, the, the way he'd gear up to a win would be kind of eighth, sixth, fourth, third, second. You get him at a horrifically short price when he eventually won. But he seems to be capable of getting over the line far more frequently um, right yeah, now. And so I definitely. guess, again, it's just that kind of uh, winning mentality. And as I say, kind of that ruthless streak. Where did he um, Where did he fire off the line at a good tournament a few weeks ago? And he, he he stayed in the top five the whole tournament. He was uh, he was second he was second at um, at the Genesis. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, opened, yeah, yeah. he was he, he was the first round leader there. Yeah, he opened right. with the sixty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was um, yeah. That's only a few. He finished second to Adam Scott that week, didn't yeah. he? Um, he won the Singapore Open earlier before that in January. He beat uh, Justin Rose. He beat Jazz Janet Watson on that mm. week, who yeah. was in some incredible form at the time. 
22nd at the WGC, WGC Mexico on his last start. Yeah. Um, he opened with a 75 that week and then went on to finish 22nd, so that was quite good. He's got some decent peak dive form as well, won at Harbour Town back in 2014, clearly won here as well um, in 2012. Um, also finished second, uh, third here in 2016, first round leader here. 2018. And again, if you're looking for someone um, with a decent short game, Kuchar's there. His last two starts, he's been inside the top 10 for scrambling on both of his last two yeah. starts as well. So, yeah, all added up to quite a nice um, quite a nice approach for Kuchar for me It's this week, Ryder so. Cup year, Paul. We know this. And I do keep a very close eye on the qualification. Interestingly enough, Hatton was nowhere... Hatton wasn't in the automatic spots as he wouldn't have been because he hadn't played much golf. Mm. All of a sudden, last week, he's flown straight into the into the world um, the world spots on the European. Because this motivates yeah, yeah. players; they know. Well, I'm not in the team. I need to start performing, mate. Yeah, this week, the, this is the American list: Kepka one, DJ two, Reed three, Woodland four, Xander five, Simpson six. So these are all qualified at the moment. Seven is JT, eight is Tiger Woods. Then guys outside the team right now: Finau, Kuchar at ten. DeChambeau 11, Cantlay 12. And you've got Fowler down in the depths at 14. Well, relative depths. And you've got, you know, you've got your standard names out. But yes, I mean, it's playing on the minds of a Cucho, a DeChambeau, a Cantlay. They know they've got to, if they're going to get in that team automatically, they need to get their foot down. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's, he's going to want to do it. He clearly was a President's Cup player as well, Kuchar, hasn't he? And actually, we've seen, as we mentioned before, we've seen a lot of those President's Cups player, Cup, Cup players from both the US and the international team having converted main tour victories over the last few weeks. So perhaps he'll be another one to add to that list of this week, Kuchar. Um, 55 to 1, I've got a first round leader as well. Of course, and, of course. Uh, Why wouldn't you have? Yeah, might as well work. Might as With well your current form, mate, <laughs> why wouldn't you? Um, and, you know, we talked about a few names of players who've got this kind of first-round leader win equity over the last few years. And one player who pops up regularly in, in and around... Charlie Hoffman! Charlie Hoffman! <laughs> yeah. yeah, in big, big events. It is Charlie Hoffman, of course. You know, I did, listeners, genuinely, didn't have a clue. But as soon as he said that, I knew he was going to say Charlie Offen because he played all right last week, didn't he? He did play all right last week. Yeah, thirteenth last week overall, and um, scored heavily on the par five. So if he goes out and does well on the par fives here this week in the first round, he could um, he could have a decent flying start. I mean, you what look back, he led here, um, one hundred and twenty-five is available at the moment. So yeah, he led here first round lead in two thousand and fifteen. More recently, he led the Masters back a couple of years ago. You you remember. He's got a PM starting time, which, looking through histor- historically, hasn't been um, detrimental at all. Um, in fact, if you go back to 2010, I'd say the PM starters have had marginally better of it since 2010. Stick with me. 35 is out. Stick with me. A um, uh, little bit windier, but I'm saying literally nine miles now. It's not going to be windy this tournament, but um, no. they, they, what they do get is an extra seven degrees Celsius in terms of the te- air temperature, so the ball's, the ball's flying a lot further. Yeah, it, does, it, does, it does, looks a bit warmer. So yeah, as you say, I don't think I don't think the wind's going to be a, a no. significant impact Level. for it this week. Um, fourth after day one at Pebble Beach recently, so there's a little bit of first round um, form coming in, and as you said, yeah, decent enough last week, thirteenth overall. 
So, uh, so yeah, 125 to 1 for another one of these perennial performers in the first round after, particularly in bigger events. Charlie Hoffman, first round lead, 125 to 1. Before we sign off, me. and we won't talk players anymore, but before, I just wanted to have this, I had this thought as I was making a cup of tea before the podcast. We have got the Open Championship this year at St George's, Royal St George's, yeah? Yep. You and I have been to Royal St George's. Uh, it's got to be one of the toughest, most non-American golf courses that you'll ever find for a yeah. Open Championship. It is all over. There isn't a flat piece of land on the on the actual mm. course, is there? It's all over the place. No. Yeah, yeah, very, very hilly. Last Mounds. last year they played. Last time they played, it was twenty ten. It was awful, wasn't it? It was an absolute grind fest, and Darren mm. Clark won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, DJ was right in the mix, wasn't he? A young DJ and Ricky was in the mix. And I think it was Phil in the mix. Someone was in the mix. Anyway, uh, Luke Donald and the likes. If there's going to be one open championship venue where if the wind gets up, it's going to really favour experienced golfers, it's sandwiched this year. Mm. Is there anyone so far this year that you have seen from an older perspective or a likely open championship at sandwich winner perspective? I'm only ta- I'm only this only come to my mind because the last two tournaments on the PJ Tour have been so hard. It just turned my mind to the kind of golfer that you'd probably want to be backing for the Open in a few months' time. Uh, well, and the US Open as well. I think was, mm. you know, which they oak point. they're playing that at uh, Wing Foot, aren't they? Which is meant to be a beast of a beast of a yeah, golf course. Wasn't there a, um, a winged foot US Open, which was like plus eight or something that the winning school was? It's, uh, yeah, it, can, it can be horrific, can't it? Um, but yeah, I, I think the last two weeks would be a good indication. I mean, someone like, well, I back Graham McDowell last week yeah. and um, it, it didn't push through and, um, you know, it was an half-decent spot. He, and fit, early on he, the fit, he does fit though, doesn't he? Mm. That Darren Clark kind of, and he's already yeah, won yeah, so true. far on the European tour. It's Clark, yeah. it's it's Darren Clark esque, isn't it? Yeah, Graham McDowell. Yeah, I think there's that's the name you know, that jumped it, out to me. Yeah, I think there's, there's potential there, and you know you've got you've got Shane Lowry clearly going to defend this year, and you know got Northern Irishman who could uh, could come along and. Uh, and Take the title off of him this year. What price was Clark? Three hundred to one, two fifty. Oh, I'm not sure it was that long actually. Um, that, there was some logic there, wasn't there? Because um, I remember we, we put a long shots piece together at the time, and, and we uh, listed and Clark, him. Yeah, yeah. Clark was one of the ones that we that we, we put as having a having a chance along. But I got a feeling it was 150 to one. But even so, um, that's a lengthy price to pick up for an Open champion. McDowell was the name that jumped. In my mind, mm. when I ask myself the same question, he is available right now at 150 to 1 with the Unibet. There you go. There you go. Mm. To see how he gets on over the next few weeks, but um, weeks and months. But yeah, it's again until you get really close to an Open Championship, you don't know how tough it's going to be there because it could be blazing sunshine and. Uh, you know, light winds. It could be horrific. If it's horrific, it's someone like a Graham McDowell, isn't it? Or or, yeah. or, or a Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood yeah. again. Mm. Yeah, someone who's going to get into that grinding mindset and, uh, and and stick with it for four days. Paul, appreciate your time this morning. Go, get back to your redundancy. 
Yeah, yeah, going to study up for GGs this study afternoon. up for Cheltenham this afternoon. I'm looking forward mm. to it. Thank okay. you for your time. I hope you have yeah, uh, some luck. good luck. Uh, let's hope that yeah, Gary brings home the bacon. Fingers crossed. And uh, thank you to listeners. Again, as I said at the top of the show, some iTunes stroke Apple podcast reviews are always most welcome. And it helps just uh, to make sure that Apple are aware that it's a popular podcast and they help us in terms of their recommended podcast position. So it all helps. Uh, Thank you for your time. I hope you have a good punting week at the Players' Championship and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye.